I'd like to call the regular park planning and community events commission meeting of January 16th to order. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance will be led by Commissioner James Kushan, if you would lead us. Thank you. Ms. So, please call the roll. Commissioner Litwin. Here. Commissioner DeVries. Here. Commissioner Freeman. Here. Commissioner Alsweet. Here. Commissioner Perez is absent. Commissioner Cushon. Present. Chair Fields. I am present. Thank you. Uh, moving on to item 1.3, are there any announcements? No announcements. Great. Um, item number two, public comment. At this time, members of the public may address the commission on matters not listed on the agenda, which are within the subject matter jurisdiction of this commission, provided that no action may be taken on off agenda items unless authorized by law. Public comments are limited to three minutes per speaker. Ms. So, do we have any requests to speak tonight? We yes, do. <laughs> okay. Um, so we have, I'll just read them uh, who's, who's going to be speaking, and then the next person, uh, that way you know who's coming up next. So first we have uh, Todd Huffman. Come on up, sir. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Um, my name is Todd Huffman. I'm actually from Fullerton, but I'm part of the group that's trying to bring BMX racing back to the great city of Orange. It was uh, a track was here started in 1976, and it was the longest continuously operated BMX track in America until 2016 over the Orange Y. So, I'd like to read um, a letter from Travis, Justin Travis from USA Cycling. USA BMX in Ohio. He's the development director. Good evening, commissioners. I would like to thank you for your time and for allowing this letter to be read. Much can be said about the benefits of organized sports in a community. Organized sports allow participants to learn through practices, coaching, mentoring, and the benefits of life lessons through regular competition. Too often, the only rec organized sports and supporting facilities offered through a recreation department are traditional stick and ball team sports. Research done by the Sports and Fitness Industry Association shows that only 50% of active youth play team sports. And while there are many reasons that an active person may choose to not participate in a team sport, generally the only reason that a person is unable to participate in an organized individual sport is because there is a misconception that individual sports do not need to be organized. In reality, the opposite is true. And when you organize an individual sport with regular practices, coaching, and competitions, the participation of that sport skyrockets because it's inviting so many people. When you organize a sport at BMX, not just a pump track, 
with daily coaching and weekly competitions held on a purpose-built facility, roughly the size of a high school football field, this is what the city of Orange can be known for in Orange County and the region again. BMX racing is available to all ages, proficiency levels, and most types of bicycles. As a matter of fact, the average USA BMX sanctioned racing facility is so accommodating to riders and families of all types that a BMX racing facility typically has one of the highest usage rates of all sports facilities in a given community. USA BMX racing facilities offer organized racing year-round and facilities with population bases of over 100,000, typically between 30 and 50,000 users annually. As an added benefit to the community, a BMX track can be designed to be utilized as a pump track or bike park, allowing members of the community free and open access when not in use by the racing program. In closing tonight, we would like to officially ask the start of the process to bring USA BMX racing back to the city of Orange. We ask that a motion be made to direct the park depart Parks Department to research and report at the next Park Commission meeting potential locations, community usage rates, and economic impact of USA BMX racing venue that will serve the youth and cycling community. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sean Kading and then uh, Adam Morosco. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Sean Kading. I'm the president of SoCal BMX, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to bringing BMX racing back to Orange County. I want to start by saying thank you to the city of Orange. For more than 30 years, the city of Orange embraced BMX racing and supported the number one track in the nation. For decades, Orange Y BMX was the epicenter of BMX and is the reason me and my friends and so many other BMX fanatics moved to Orange County in the early 90s. But let me back up. At age 12, a friend took me to my first BMX race. I was hooked. I won two trophies that year, a stack of ribbons, and earned the backhanded compliment of most improved rider. <laughs> I, found, I had found my community, and I met people who had become my lifelong friends. But then my local, BMX track, my local BMX track closed. What to do? At age 15, in 1986, I rode my bike down to the Parks Department for my town in Montana and requested to attend the next meeting. Why, she asked? Because I said, what this town really needs is a BMX track. I attended the meeting, displayed my bike, my safety gear. I showed them images from BMX Action Magazine and showed them the model BMX track my friends and I had made out of clay. During the meeting, they asked, so what do you need from us? Two acres, I said, leased to our nonprofit at a low annual rate and access to utilities. The basic needs are the same today. Two years later, in the spring of 1988, Electric City BMX was born. I still get chills thinking about the excitement of opening day. Though we didn't realize it at the time, my friends and I had done something remarkable. We started what would become and what would remain a community. In fact, for the past 36 years, Electric City BMX has served as a gathering place in my hometown for people who like bikes. Current members of the track range in age from four years old to 80 years old. Despite its absence from Orange County in recent years, BMX racing is bigger and better than ever and is now an Olympic sport. The sport is enjoyed by people of all ages, all skill levels, all demographics at over 300 tracks across the country. BMX shaped my life. I can't imagine where I would be without it. 
At the BMX track, we learned how to win, we learned how to lose, we learned about good sportsmanship, dedication, and excellence. Those skills would serve me well later in life as a student at USC Law School and as an attorney practicing law in the state and federal courts. I will end with this. If you want to improve physical health, improve mental health, reduce screen time, and build successful citizens, let's build a BMX track together and bring BMX racing back to the city of Orange. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next up is Adam Morosco, followed by Roxana Thorne. Hello, how's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Adam Morosco. I own Bike Alley here in the city of Orange. Uh, this year we're celebrating 44 years of business in this city, um, and we're gonna continue to hopefully for another 40 more. Um, part of why I've come here today is just to kind of express uh, the things that I hear on a daily basis, and especially after attending the street fair. Uh, it was the first time we'd ever had a booth there in 40 years, 40 plus years, and countless stories, hundreds and hundreds of stories of Orange, what we're known for, the BMX track, how much people miss it, how much people would love to have one back in their city, uh, and how much people have to drive to LA County to enjoy those things, right? Um, we don't have one here in Orange County at all, uh, and especially here in the city of Orange. So you have a lot of residents that are driving 45 minutes plus, um, or not driving at all because it's such a distance for them to travel to enjoy BMX racing with their children. Um, like I said, we hear stories every day. That's what we're known for. We were closely associated to that track for pretty much the time that it opened till the time that it closed. Um, and it's really a, a staple in this city. I would love to see it come back. I would like you guys to consider that because um, I think there's a lot of memories of this city on that track. And, and people, you know, when they think of Orange, they think of the Orange Y. Um, there's a lot of people that are for it. Uh, I think it's positive for the kids. I, I built the bike myself and started racing. It's been a long time. Uh, it's great fun, and I think it's good for our community, like I said. And I just hope you guys consider it, and moving forward, we could uh, bring it back to Orange. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is Roxana Thorne, followed by Eric Bartoldus. Good evening. My name is Roxana Tom. Uh, so I am an Orange City resident, and I've lived in Orange for almost 20 years. Um, I work at St. Joseph's Hospital for 16 years. I go to hit the mark. I've known Mark since he was at the Women's Center. Um, and my kids started BMX at the Orange Y when they were four and two. And so and that's where the love of BMX for them started. And so I come to you today as a mom requesting and pleading for please to bring the Orange Y or just a BMX track back to Orange, to the city of Orange for our kids. Um, it's taught them so much, not just to win, but also to be a good sport and to have camaraderie with their friends in the BMX track. And they've made friends, lifelong friends already doing BMX, you know? And so that's, uh, I'm coming just as a city of Orange resident uh, requesting if we can please bring the BMX track back. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is Eric Bartoldus, Bartoldus followed by Colin <coughs> Timmermans. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Um, I'm a resident of Orange. Uh, I've moved here in 1999. 
uh, one of the reasons that we moved to this city is not only for its charm, but for that BMX track. Um, I grew up like Sean, um, 12 years old, started racing BMX down in Florida. And this, uh, this track here in Orange was, was famous all over the United States. It was in the magazines all the time. So when I moved out to California in 1988, one of the first places I had to come was to the Orange YBMX track. And uh, that, at that time, the races were lasting until like midnight out there. There was so many people packing that place out. It was the mecca for BMX. Uh, now, obviously, Orange and Orange County doesn't have a BMX track. Um, I grew up, like I said, racing BMX. I turned professional in 1986. And for 10 to 12 years, I traveled the country teaching classes and BMX clinics all over the, the, the United States in, in almost every state. And I can firsthand see in even small communities what BMX does for the community. It builds community, just like Sean was saying and the others. Um, it really is a unique thing. It's so much different than a team sport. Um, I, I myself could never play a team sport. I wasn't that kind of kid, but BMX was my jam. And I just, I, I feel like BMX really taught me how to be a personable human being, um, all the way growing up through sponsors. And it was just an amazing time growing up with the sport. Um, so as a resident of Orange, um, as a participant in BMX, as a somebody actually, my company actually makes a BMX product at this point. I would love to see BMX come back to the city. I mean, I remember those those Friday nights that Lamppost Pizza was just packed out full of BMXers with bikes on their car. So I know it would be a great thing for the community. And if the commission so um, desires to bring it back, it would send sound waves through the BMX community. I know it would throughout the whole country. And maybe more people like me would move back to Orange. So anyway, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Next up is Colin Timmermans, followed by Robert DeWild. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, it's really good to be here again for the second time and uh, appreciate everyone's time here. It's awesome. Um, like everyone else, it's uh, BMX has a huge impact on the community, myself included. Just uh, started racing when I was, when I was six and um, might have been like another 20 years until I realized what it did to my life and the people I met. And I remember mentioning this last time too, it's just uh, who, who has an influence on my life and where I work and what I do. It's, it's nothing but awesome. It's, uh, it's God given to be honest. Um, but seeing, seeing what it did to, to my life and then working at a company now and we make, BMX parts. It's rad. And we get, we get to travel as well. The, the one thing that always stands out from all the different disciplines of, of cycling is like the family orientation of BMX is like, it is so much stronger than the other disciplines. Like you, you go to um, mountain biking or road cycling. It's, it's like a really hardcore uh, discipline where it's just, it's only training. It's one-on-one -on -one with your coach. But after traveling to a uh, Oklahoma the last four years just seeing it's like every single person is there with their whole family and everybody is smiling and everyone's leaving with a trophy and, and it's just like it, it rings bells in my head like I miss this so much and 
it is so hard to drive to Bellflower and Whittier Narrows on a weekday, Tuesday, Thursday afternoon. It's, it's near impossible. I'd have to go like straight from work and then getting home. And meanwhile, I, I grew up two blocks away from the Orange Y racing since I was six until it closed and I was 18 then. So um, it's, it's not just like looking back at memories for me. It's more of, it's, it's continued, but it's just not here anymore. And it's, it's a total bummer, to be honest. But, but seeing that BMX community just continues to thrive like no other. It, like I said, no other discipline has that, that like central family, like team involvement and going to the track. It's just it's something you don't see in other disciplines. And I know it's, it's still like that, obviously. So bringing BMX, BMX back to Orange would do exactly that, except the community has been built here already, legendary track. So I would appreciate if you brought BMX back. I'd be the first one there. Probably camp out overnight, actually. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Next up is Robert DeWild. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, this is very nerve-wracking for me. This is not my expertise. I'm a BMX racer at heart. And this is very unfamiliar territory for me, so please bear with me. My name is Robert DeWild. I'm a former 2008 BMX Olympian. I uh, went to Beijing um, and a UCI Pro World Champion in 99. Um, I'm born and raised in the Netherlands, but in 2001, I moved here to pursue my dream, a BMX Pro, uh, actually GT Bicycles. You guys might know that company based in Santa Ana. I was racing for them back then. They dragged me over here. Todd Huffman was kind of my boss at that time. Big E was, well, the enemy on another team. Power light, but all good. Uh, so this is how I met those guys. And um, so I raced actively till 2012. And then I retired. And then I went into coaching at Bellflower BMX. That is the closest track here. There's basically nothing south uh, from there in Orange County, nothing. Um, and I would like to do the same here. Um, I've been very involved in their volunteer program as well to maintain the track, build, uh, you know, um, support the riders, train them. We have national level riders. We just have a girl that uh, got third at the World Championship in junior women. Uh, she's also two-time um, um, national number one in the women. Uh, we have some really up-and-coming kids, and they want to go to the Olympics. And the girl, she is at the border. I think she will do really good at uh, Los Angeles, at the Olympics. Um, and it would be great if we could facilitate her, but also up-and-coming uh, future Olympians to have a track to go to and train and pursue their goals like I did. Um, so it would be great to have a track here and it will be a great addition to the community. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you. Am I allowed to ask a question? You can make a comment and I think you can ask a question. Sure. Mr. DeWalt, can I ask you, I just want to ask you like two questions. Where do you currently live? Okay. And are there any, uh, kids that you're training that are orange, Orange County adjacent? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Do we have any other speakers? 
We do not. Okay, that concludes our uh, public comment. Um, item number three, the approval of the minutes. Is there a motion to approve the minutes as presented? So moved. Is there a second? Second. positive refreshers are waiting for our system to uh, kick in here. Maybe clarify who the seconder was. Okay, the motion passes. Thank you. Uh, moving on to item number four, reports from commissioners. Are there any commissioners who'd like to make a report or request? Commissioner Oswede. Thank you very much. Um, first, I wanna thank the staff for all the work that you guys have done, even though I managed to miss our park tour. I really do appreciate everything you guys do, and I truly do uh, learn a lot from those. And I, I thank you guys, would love to do more, and this time I'll make sure that I don't have things pop up. I wanna thank my, the other commissioners for all the hard work and, and, and showing up at so many events this last year. Seeing everybody around at these was really fantastic to see our support. Um, and I'm going to throw a third one in because you guys are here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing this to us. Um, I grew up in Fountain Valley, and I used to love seeing the orange BMX track, wishing I could ride it because my parents wouldn't let me come that far. Um, I, too, had a GT, so sorry to the Powerlight team. Um, but I uh, really do appreciate that, and it is something that has been missed in this community. A um, little disappointed nobody brought up the movie Rad, so maybe we could put that on our list for the movies in the park. Um, I, I, I agree with you. This is something that we need. I had no idea we had, didn't have any in Orange County at all. 
Um, I knew we lost ours. Uh, I knew Bellflower was there because I remember um, when Judge Clemens, who was then mayor of Bellflower, introduced it. That's how ridiculous my memory goes. Um, but I appreciate you guys being here and, and bringing this to us. I would, I probably have some follow-up questions. Is it okay to ask for somebody's contact information uh, just to learn more about starting a BMX track? Is that okay? I think if somebody would like to provide their contact information to our staff, then we can make sure that it's then forwarded over to you. We Excellent. Have, yeah. We have contact information on file for the public speakers, so we can uh, put you in contact. Oh, perfect. And um, the letter that came from the gentleman from BMX, is it possible to get a copy of that, just uh, emailed over or something? That's awesome. I would really appreciate that. And we'll okay. Yeah, because I'm sure there's a lot more there. Um, we'll distribute it to all of the commissioners. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys very much for that. And, you know, I'll start off with a request of could we ask the staff to take a look at if there are sites available for us that the city owns that where this may be something that is an option. And I know I probably curveballed that one. Is that okay to ask that right now? Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so if that's the consensus of the commission, just nod towards Emily and then uh, staff will come back with uh, some information gathered um, and either via memo or a staff report or presentation. Yeah. Okay, that would be excellent. And guys, just so you know, it's not always something that can come back at the next commission. It takes time for the staff to report and really work on this. And they put their heart and soul into this. So I know it will come back. Just don't necessarily expect it to be here next month. So um, really, again, thank you all for showing. Even those of you that uh, didn't speak, I really do appreciate that. Um, and hopefully we can look into maybe getting there for you because I agree with you. I'd love to see it as well. Do you, do you mind if I piggyback on that? Absolutely. Um, with the request to kind of help help make it a little bit more specific, as well as location, possible finding the cost. And I'm looking at, they've kind of threw out like the size of a football field. So you're looking at, I don't know how much acreage that is, but it's, I know it's 100 yards. Um, <laughs> uh, so that kind of gives you how much you'd have to spend on that, as well as I know that the previous one was privately owned. So what that would look like if the city owned it, if there are opportunities for a public-private partnership for that. Everybody okay with that request? Can I piggyback? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to double piggyback. I just want to thank everybody that spoke today. Um, I actually worked at the YMCA of Orange and ran that snack bar for some of the nights, so I understand... <laughs> I understand the impact that that track had on the community for so many decades and what a sad thing it was when it closed. So I'm glad that you're here speaking, speaking up, and hopefully we can start back in that direction of bringing back a track to our community. I'd like to add to the request um, that we take a look at um, the old location and see what's going on with that land. I know there's a lot of different things going on with that land, but um, nothing specific just yet. So. And also, just in general, Yorba Park, if we could look at that location maybe for a new track. Um, and maybe we can gain input from the National, so is it the National BMX Association? Is that what you call it? If we could gain some input by contacting them as well. So if we could add those things to the request, that would be great. Excellent. Um, so hopefully we can have some good uh, reports for you guys on that. 
Um, I also wanted to follow up on a couple previous requests. Um, uh, and I want to thank the staff for responding quickly when we when we made those questions at the last meeting about are there other commercial spaces available for park? Uh, you guys did a great job on that. One question that came back um, was there's a parcel at Levita and Olive, and I'd just like to see if there's a way we could get some suggestions of what maybe could be done on that um, parcel. I know it's a little off, it's different, and see if there is an opportunity for something pocket park-like. Um, and uh, I got a call from Council Member Jill and Hammer this weekend wanting to know more about the uh, Esplanade Trail, which then kind of turns into, I don't know what exactly, it's where the pipeline goes, I know that much. Uh, and he wanted to find out more about possibly expanding it and going along, continuing north from Fairhaven to La Vida, um, north of Levita and it goes by the by both Levita Park and McPherson and then it crosses over Prospect there and turns north to Palmera and all the way up um, seeing what we could do to possibly expand the trail that Tustin started and even Google Maps calls it the the unfortunately they call it the Tustin Esplanade Trail in orange so I'll have to find somebody at Google to yell at. Um, but seeing what we can do about expanding that trail, because that is a very cool feature. And um, Commissioner, just a reminder to stay within the jurisdiction and the scope of our commission as well. So right, which is to address properties that are owned by the city that we yes. can use as park space. Thank you. So limiting yes. it to that. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And uh, that's all. I, other, thank you guys again. I really appreciate y'all being here. See, Commissioner Kushan has raised his hand. If it pleases the chair, a football field is 1.1 1. Uh, 1 acres. Just happened to know that off the top of my head. That one is not a report from a commissioner. <laughs> I have a commissioner report. Is that okay? okay. Um, you referenced the, um, the park tour, and that's a great segue because, thank you, I was able to go on the park tour, so I wanted to share what I learned uh, with the commissioners and with the public. So we went on December 6th, last year, and we visited La Vida Park, El Medina Park, and the El Medina Basin. And um, it was myself and then members of the city park staff. I'll start with La Vida Park. La Vida Park, we took a look at a few new items that they've added. Uh, they have a very large shade sail over the playground structure, and they put a new roof on the picnic table gazebo. So where all those picnic tables are kind of grouped together, there's like a new roof on top of that. Uh, they look good, both of them. Um, the maintenance team, they were there too. Um, they're going to repaint some of the tables that are under the um, gazebo that have wear and tear. We also talked about adding a large tree close to the entrance of the park to add beauty as you're walking into the park and over time to hopefully provide some shade for the children as they play on those ride-on animals, those cute uh, vintage ride-on animals. Um, we also discussed the current location of the water fountain and future spots where it could be moved to so that it could improve the line of sight for parents on the playground when their kids go off and get a drink of water. Commissioner, yes. can I interrupt just briefly? Mm -hmm. um, if you could limit your comments to commission-related items and mm -hmm. uh, the maintenance items, mm -hmm. we'll 
we need to keep the report brief uh, okay. for the purpose of today. Okay, Thank great. You. Then we went to yes. El Medina Park. Commissioner, just uh, just as a reminder, because this was not an agenda item, we just mm -hmm. want to make sure that a commissioner report is just a brief, you know, two to three sentences, uh, okay. a question directed at staff or just a brief um, announcement. Okay, perfect. So, thank you. El Medina Park saw what we had voted on, looked great. El Medina Basin, I hadn't been down there. I would suggest to check it out. It's a great walking trail. Um, the second thing is, and this is more to what you're saying, um, for future parks, and we know that there are some, and it's related to the um, BMX folks who came in as well, I want us to keep in mind how do we want our parks to look and feel. Uh, and that's quite broad, but I would like to find a time to discuss that. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else? I actually have a couple of requests. Um, I'll start with the easiest one first. I, I'm getting old. Um, is the city council discussing the uh, El Medina master plan anytime soon? Not the El Medina, I'm sorry. The Grijalva master plan. See, I'm really getting old. Is it coming out in the next couple of months? Uh, I think it will be part of the discussion in the strategic plan. Okay. It, which is happening in a few moments. That's easy. Great. Thank you. Um, secondly, I was hoping, and I don't know if we're going to get an update on the uh, the planned park on the west side, but um, specifically I'm requesting an update regarding funding because I read an article in the register that uh, basically said that the city has no idea how they're going to fund that. And if I remember correctly, and I that part I do, uh, there should be some funding coming for that. So I want to make sure that that's clear that there is going to be funding for it. I don't know how much, but not searching telephone booths for quarters. So if we can get an update on that, I'd appreciate it. And that's it. Thank you. Moving on to item number five, new business. Uh, 5.1, the selection of the 2024 Concerts of the Park Band Selection Subcommittee. Yes, and I'll, thank I'll you. look to uh, Recreation Services Manager Danny Velitas to present on our first three items of new business. Thank you, and happy new year. Good evening, commissioners. Uh, first this evening, I'd like to ask the commission to designate up to three commissioners to participate in the Band Selection Subcommittee. Members of this subcommittee will sit at a roundtable meeting 12 on, uh, at 12 p.m. Thursday, February 8th for up to five hours to listen and watch approximately 75 bands, ranking each one for our community services director's approval. At this time, the committee will also evaluate the concert start series, the concert series start time, and park locations while referencing a detailed summary of the 2023 Concerts in the Park survey results. That concludes my presentation on the 2024 Concerts in the Park um, Band Selection Subcommittee. Staff is available for questions and comments. Before we take any questions or comments, have there <coughs> been any um, requests to speak on this matter? No public speaker, Chair. Thank you. Uh, anyone want to uh, speak? Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I'm sure we'll get to the point where we put ourselves forward at some point, but I would be interested. Um, but um, <clears throat> beyond that, I just 
thought that um, 75 bands um, feels like maybe too many to choose from, is what I was thinking. And I was wondering if we could narrow it down to um, like a dozen or 18, maybe, and pick eight from there. There's just, I, I don't think I could remember uh, how good bands were if I listened to 75. Um, so maybe even 20, 20 bands. Um, and then I have heard good feedback about Stone Soul from last year. So hopefully they're on our list of ones that we'll, we'll look at. Thank you. Commissioner Freeman. I just wanted to say thank you to the staff. I've, I've participated in the last two years, and we do do <coughs> 75 bands. And they have a great procedure where we do, we rank each, we evaluate each band as we see them, and we break them up into genres, too. So we're only looking at a specific area at a time. So um, I think if you limit yourself to only 12, the problem we run into is we, what, we do eight concerts, nine concerts. Correct, eight. And <clears throat> if we only had 12 to choose from, if we choose certain ones and they can't, we can't book them, then we don't have any backups to go to. So I think they do a great job, and I would just thank you for all you do. And I think, yes, we did go through about 75 bands, but there's a couple of them where we, we started and we said, okay, move on. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, I think it's great. Can I ask him a Thank question you. about this since he did it before? So um, is it like a recording that you're listening to or, or there's like people at, there? We're generally looking at uh, promotional videos that they've got, mm -hmm. mostly YouTube and stuff like that that they provided or they provided to us, mm -hmm. YouTube or they provided to us or their bands that we know. But we are looking at videos and seeing, yeah, we're not, we're not going to watch a whole concert. We're going to watch just bits and pieces. And staff has a lot of insight into the bands that they provide to us also. Yes, uh, thank you, Commissioner Freeman. Um, if I may add, uh, our team of staff, uh, Lisa Tamborelli, who oversees the concerts uh, in the park, um, she and her team attend a, what's called a concert chair fair, where many municipalities come together for um, a few hours and visit with bands, talk with other cities, talk about concert series, talk about what genres are popular in their city and how they select them. Um, and so it's really helpful. Uh, it is a couple of hours. Uh, I must say, though, there is discussion, and we talk about uh, what our audience enjoys and we try to hit on several uh, genres which include country, pop, rock, um, classic rock, tribute bands um, and there's quite a list and it, uh, it's great conversation and it's really helpful for those on the subcommittee to really provide input um, on behalf of the community. So. How many bands, if you're giving us 75, how many do you start with just to give her an idea how it gets whittled down? Um, there, I would say there is probably um, a couple of hundred. We get inquiries off of the website, and then um, we also gather what are called promotional packets at the concert uh, share fair. Um, and there's a lot of local bands. Um, they call, uh, Lisa calls and talks about the circuit, which is uh, many cities have a pool of bands that they've been working with and that are popular. Um, so, you know, it, there, there's a large pool. It's pretty significant. And we not only listen to, but um, 
you know, these days there's social media pages, there's YouTube uh, videos, and they're pretty entertaining. And it kind of gives us a feel of how they'll uh, perform at our concerts. Several of them, um, several of the bands have uh, options where it might be like a band of 10 and it could go from 10 to seven to five. Um, and, and we, we talk about that. We talk about really what we can afford and uh, what we're looking for to try to present a holistic um, series, noting our community and kind of what is popular. Stone Soul is popular. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Lee, when did you want to? Oh, I can just add uh, that I have participated on the subcommittee for two years now, and in addition to that, I've managed uh, concerts in the park in Anaheim for about 10 years, and uh, this committee and the staff, they have it down. It sounds like a lot of bands. It sounds like, oh my gosh, you need to be sitting there listening to all these bands and all these different types of music, but it's very systematic, mm -hmm. systematically done. Um, it's done by genre, and there's just small clips that you listen to. They provide... I I don't know if should, they provide a great buffet of food as well for the, <laughs> for the committee, but um, it's time well spent, and um, it's definitely you got to look at all these because our our concert series is we want to put all these different genres into the concert series so people of all walks from our community come and watch. So you have to look at several different bands from each genre, and that adds up as well. But it's already narrowed down when you get to the committee. I mean. Mm -hmm. They, I'm sure this is a year-round thing for you, and there are people inquiring, you know, with their their uh, media packages, and so it's already narrowed down for us with the top 75. But it's it's done very well, and you'll have a great time. And I want to add, she said five hours, but I don't think for the last two years we've gone full five hours either. So they they've got it really down well. Mm -hmm. And we do walk away. And last year was great. We walked away and got booked all of our first choices. Yes, so they work hard on this. Mm -hmm. I uh, actually want to compliment our, our subcommittee for the past uh, two cycles. Um, the the quality, uh, not that Orange had poor quality of bands, but um, I've been going since I moved here 10 years ago. And um, the, the past two years, especially last year, uh, was really great. So so hats off to, to the folks who sat on the commission, obviously for staff for doing such a great job of, you know, working with that but um uh, i would i'm not even going to try to do it this year every year I, I go i'll do it and then something happens i'm even trying um would you two gentlemen and that's okay you can remain our biggest critic as you are every year so <laughs> great job on that one <laughs> would you two gentlemen like to do it and then we'll, we'll ask uh commissioner DeVries to join you Unfortunately, I'll be declining this year and giving it the chance to some maybe some new members of our commission here. I won't be available on that date. I was going to leave it open to others if they were interested. So if not, I'll see if I can make it. But. So we got two. Do we need a third? Am I in that? You're, you're the two. Yeah, you're part of the two. I mean, I'm willing to do it. You're off the hook. Uh, so we, uh, <laughs> someone, does someone, uh, we'll entertain a motion for commissioners DeVries, Kushan, and uh, Oswede. Anyone want to make that motion to uh, have those folks be our representatives? My motion. 
I'll second. Any further discussion? Have at it. Please vote. Mm motion passes. Congratulations uh, to our 2024 subcommittee. Mm -hmm. Moving on to uh, item 5.2, selection of the movies in the park subcommittee for FY 24-25. Ms. Bustamante. That's Danny again. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, second this evening, uh, I would like to ask the commission to designate up to three commissioners to participate in the Movies in the Park subcommittee. Uh, members of this subcommittee will sit uh, on a movie roundtable meeting at, on Thursday, March 14th at 2 p.m. for approximately two hours to watch approximately 20 movie previews, review park locations and dates, ranking three for community services director's approval. That concludes my presentation of the 2024-25 Movies in the Park Subcommittee. Staff is available for questions and comments. Before we uh, take comments, are there any uh, folks who want to speak on this matter? No speaker, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner um, Perez indicated that she would like to serve on this committee, so uh, the subcommittee. So if you all are okay uh, adding her, that'd be I, I think that'd be good. So we just need two folks to step up for that. Anyone else? No. Okay. All right. Someone make want to make a motion for? Uh, you have a comment? Go ahead. Um, I would like to serve on this one too, if um, if we if you would like. Um, just a couple ideas, and I know we'll save it for the subcommittee, um, but Wonka, I just thought, get us thinking about that, like you can do with chocolate, um, and the sound of music. I don't know if we've ever done that one. And then the other thing is, it's getting to be Little League season. The teams are forming, it's happening. And I know that we are um, going to have the Sandlot movie as one of our movies in the park. Can you remind me of the date? Is it June? Friday, June 7th Thank at you. Handy Park. I was just going to suggest if you haven't already to start advertising that to the Little League teams um, because they are, they are forming. That's obviously getting towards the end of their season, but I think it could be beautiful to have as many of them there. So we've got Villa Park, Little League, South Sunrise, North Sunrise, Olive Pony. Am I missing any? Those are the ones that I could think of off the top of my head. Yes, we will um, share the information with all of our approved youth sports groups, um, specifically those in orange. Um, we will be working alongside um, at North Sunrise to, that's their home. Um, Handy Park is their home, so mm -hmm. they're working, uh, right. we'll be working with them too. So they're a partner for that park location. Perfect, I'm really looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Okay, it looks like uh, Commissioner Freeman has already made a, oh, there's a motion and a second. 
Alrighty, please vote. That motion passes and I wanna make sure that that was noted that that uh, subcommittee will be Commissioners DeVries, Freeman and Perez. You're fine. No, you're fine. Exactly. You're good. Is that actually the text? Is that supposed to be in the motions for the or They can update it in the minutes. The the names themselves. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Moving on to item 5.3, Treats in the Streets, Autumn Festival Spooky Street Section. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Look to uh, staff for that. Yes, we'll keep it with Danny. Thank you. Um, this year, Treats in the Streets Autumn Festival celebrate, celebrated its 27th year. Uh, this city-sponsored event has traditionally been family-oriented. Uh, Autumn Festival, including trick-or-treating through the downtown merchants, a costume parade, petting zoo, kids' crafts and activities, uh, photo opportunity, partner and city department booths, and nonprofit group food booth sales. In recent years, there has been interest in having activities and interactions that are scarier. The commission is being asked to consider a designated approved spooky section beginning in 2024. Uh, the area would be separate from the main spoke streets providing a, a choice to enter the area. The merchants would also be invited to participate. That concludes my presentation on the Treats in the Streets Autumn Festival Spooky Street section. Staff is available for questions and comments. Before we take comments uh, from staff, are questions from, are there any public comments? No public speaker, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner, Commissioner Kushan has raised his hand, so we'll go to him and then Commissioner Litwin. Quick comment before my question. I absolutely love this idea. Um, I go a little overboard myself every year on Halloween with the spook factor. So the idea of having a little scarier aspect to treats is, uh, is a lot of fun. Um, now, will this be something that sort of a haunted house-esque type of like corridor for the for the businesses to get together and collaborate and put together, or would this be something that each individual business will do at, at their own discretion? That has traditionally been our model. We would certainly be open to discussion and invite the merchants to participate um, if they choose and kind of solicit their ideas. Um, considering that our event event and the activities has been traditional it's so it's a little bit different but um i think we're open to discussion as to what the merchants would like to see you were talking about like putting them off on a side street like orange street so it'd be like that's that whole corridor would just be set up an area where we would have this more um elevated experience potentially yes it would be something where families would be it would be signed, like basically there would be notice that it's a little bit more scarier than, you know, playing with the DJ. I mean, um, 
listening to songs and dancing with the music from the DJ just is a little, has an added um, scarier element that not everyone might enjoy, but uh, others do, so. Commissioner Litwin. I've got a question about this spooky thing. Mm -hmm. I was reading over the staff report mm -hmm. and um, I noticed that there, were, there have been several comments toward having this spooky street. Mm -hmm. So I was curious on what the comments were and what people were really looking for. Were they looking for the not scary farm, you know, walkers or haunted house or, you know, what the people had really said or was it just they want something more scary? Can I, um, can I take that one? Sure. So there's a little background for this. There's always a story. Um, there's a local merchant that I will not name here, but they um, have, uh, over the past couple of years, kind of upped their little section in front of their, their, their business. And it's gone to the point where staff had to, didn't have to, but the staff kind of asked them to tone it down. Um, my daughter, who was eight, uh, last year had issues because it was like, kind of not great. And then the owner of the business went on social media saying, the city's shutting me down. I'd actually reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, maybe instead of crazy clown with a knife, a bloody knife, maybe you do funny clown with like, you know, the Joker little, you know, thing that you feed on, something like that. And he wasn't like excited about it. But then there were folks who were like, hey, maybe there's something for older kids that, you know, aren't eight or nine, maybe the teenagers, that'll bring a different segment. And children of all ages, Commissioner Kushan, can go and enjoy themselves. <laughs> so that was the impetus for this. And I think it's a great idea. Um, that way, the little kids who make up the most of participants of Treats in the Streets um, still can do their treating without being freaked out. <laughs> While the older kids can have a place to actually go and be scared or a little bit more level. Thank you, Chair. I can concur that. <laughs> okay, a question I would have is, um, I know this kind of is predicated by a particular owner. Mm -hmm. um, I, my question is twofold. One, has anybody reached out to that owner to find out if this is something that they would support? And number two, I guess I have to rethink it because here it's probably going to go down Orange Street. Are there other merchants that want this at this point? And what is the feedback that we've heard from them? We're certainly open as to location. Orange Street isn't necessarily definitive. It'd be something we'd have to look into and, con and consider our overall footprint of the event. Um, but it would, uh, to uh, Commissioner Freeman's point, it would be just, you know, uh, out like a little bit further than in the plaza area where it would be in clear view of everyone. It'd be a little bit of a destination, they'd have to walk a little bit further uh, just so that they know that they're going to go to an area that is scarier. Um, in regards to um, the merchant, um, he uh, is uh, very passionate about um, uh, Halloween and the more scary component of it and is willing to um, 
he hosts he has hosted that area uh, for not last year but the years previous. Um, and 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 to chair's uh, point, it's grown over the years. So it would be something we'd have to circle back with him to confirm. Um, but he is very adamant about having this certain level of scary um, at treats if he was to participate. And just to clarify, sure. the other merchants that are right around that area, have any of them expressed this or is it just this one individual? We have not heard anything specific from the merchants surrounding um, that business, um, but it's certainly something that we could inquire about. Thank you. you know, and get some feedback. We, uh, our team uh, walks the plaza before the event, shares information, asks if they would like to participate. Um, they RSVP and say yes or no that they would like to and if they'd like to have activities and what it would look like. Um, so it's uh, something that we could certainly inquire about and ask that if they have any input on the activity near their business. Is that something we could ask them to maybe come to one of these meetings now that we have more than four a year, there might be time for us to be able to hear the concept and have a better understanding. I think anyone's would... welcome to come and make a public comment. I think what we're looking for from the commission is in more general concept, do we want to have a scary street? And then from there, if, if the commission says, yes, we think that's great, we would then work with the merchants to figure out the logistics and the details of how that actually transpires. But if, if you know, if, if a business owner or merchant wanted to come in and advocate for that, they're, they're more than welcome to do, to do that. Okay, we're gonna go to Commissioner. <laughs> we're gonna start with Commissioner Litwin. In light of all the information that we've just heard, um, I was present to see the um, spookiness put on by this individual uh, vendor. And um, I know there were several concerns about it from parents. So I, th I think we just step lightly as we walk into this. I think it's a cool idea, mm -hmm. you know, that we might have not done before. We might also want to look at um, our demographic that comes to this event. I've been coming to this event since my son was a baby. So it's been like probably as long as it's been going on, I don't even know, 10, 15 years. And it seems like most of the people there are parents with their small kids, not a whole lot of uh, older teens, I guess. Um, I know my son is becoming a teen, and he's kind of 50-50 on going to the event, even though we made it last year, because he's kind of like, it might not be so cool anymore, you know, mm -hmm. but we were there. Um, so I think we just step lightly as we go into this new realm. And if we're going to go full scare like that, company was doing, maybe we put it somewhere where it's more away from the main street, even maybe even a wall up it's an, or an enclosed area, a haunted house or something like that. So because there were so many concerns that year that that all went down, um, we, we don't want to get those concerns, obviously, again, from people looking down that street and seeing it and being scared. Is that a comment or a motion? I'm not motioning anything at this okay. time. Commissioner Kushan. As much as I am an advocate and I do raise the bar every year in my front yard, my front yard is not hosting a public event that's open to um, people. Um, I do welcome the public to trick-or-treat. Again, I am a private citizen at that point. So 
um, as much as I love the idea and I do want us to look at and explore opening this up, I do want to look at, I, I, I would like to put, craft this motion, us to craft it into a motion to explore this or to, to, to consider this possibility, but to look at putting it somewhere where it is out of the way where people can have this as an opportunity and something to we, where we develop it to open the opportunity to say, hey, we're gonna look, we're gonna have this spooky section somewhere, and I can see that the, the chair is crafting his motion pen, maybe, hopefully, that he can make some sense out of this, where we can locate this, some, uh, a spooky section that is accessible, yet isn't gonna be right in their face where random three-year-olds are going to see somebody with prosthetic limbs falling off and prosthetic eyeballs hanging out that yet if it's your if that's your your jive you can go over and access that very easily while walking away from the the band and the re and the regular revelry that everybody else is enjoying you can go over and still go see your zombies and your and your stuff while just walking a few feet away from the, the main attraction. So that's my thoughts on it. Commissioner DeVries. Um, yeah, I, I'm really on the same wavelength for sure. Um, I think we're, when I read this and considered it, I think it, it is a very popular event, like you were saying, uh, Mr. Litwin. And, you know, we don't want to scare the 12,000 people who come you know, because they're really comfortable being there. Um, I think if if you or we, like, really want to do it, that's fine, but it's not necessary because people are going to come no matter what, and they have shown that, and they keep coming, and more little kids keep coming. <laughs> um, it's known for being a place that's, like, family-oriented, you know, so I think we'd have to think very carefully about doing this. And then I was on the same wavelength as you down there, um, like define interest, who's interested, you know, right? We've got 12,000 people who like it and like how many are interested in, in something like this. And then also just to define what does scarier mean? I think that, um, you know, we sit in the middle of a lot of very scary opportunities that already exist, like Not Scary Farm, the Universal Studios tram tour, the Oogie Boogie Bash in Disneyland. You know, so I um, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want it really, but also that couldn't compete. This kind of stuff is really expensive. Um, uh, another idea I had was if we did want to do this, um, maybe we do it after. So you know how we've got the treats in the street from four to seven? Maybe we do it like a scary street or haunted house or whatever we want, like from seven to 8.30. Um, so people who want to can stay, but everyone else um, can go home <laughs> if they don't want to. So that was another idea I had. Um, and then, oh yeah, if we do do the scarier thing, the people should not be allowed to touch you. So I just want to say that. That's too scary and we shouldn't do that. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. I saw that there were 56 stores or restaurants who participated in your staff report. Thank you so much. Do we, um, like, do anything for those folks who participate? Um, it's a thought, you know, um, maybe something like 
that they could put in their window, like a little something that says, like, I participate in Treats in the Street or I will be participating. Do we do something like that? Uh, we certainly do um, invite them um, personally. So our team goes and when we say invite them, invite them to participate, it's one to help uh uh, publicize the event. So we have signs. Uh, so there's merchants that um, have like a wooden sign. It used to be an old scarecrow. So we know that that store um, is working with the city to help market treats in the streets and to some degree participating. Mm-hmm. Um, and we um, invite them to pass out candy and we give them a box of candy. Um, and then we give them flyers that they can um, put in their window and put on counters um, and then, um, so it's in regards to that, and we go and just remind them of the event, like right before as well. So, I believe something other than that. Um, I think we're open to hearing if you have any other yes. ideas. Yes, I mean, but- I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I think we could make it even cuter. Like, um, like I'm thinking, we get a design person to maybe do like an orange that looks like a pumpkin or I don't know, you know, something someone more creative than me could do that they could put in their window, like a little decal, right? Just to thank them for participating. So just throwing it out there. Um, And then let's see. I did have a suggested name. If we want to do something scary, you want to hear it? (laughs) The goblins will get you. I don't know. If you want to do something scary, again, way later at night um, or 7 to 8.30. And then I had another idea that I don't know if this is probably the appropriate time to talk about it since we're all talking about this now. Um, There's another town that is very similar to our town. It's an old town. It's historic. And they do a treats in the street type thing, but it's also historic. So I have the video that I wanted to show you guys. It's short, just to get our creative juices flowing. Um, so. The historic downtown is just full of coffee shops, restaurants, local shops. There's lots to do and you can have so much fun. So we made our way downtown. It was a little bit crowded, so it was kind of challenging to find parking. So we parked on the very end of the main street. So we really didn't see what was going on at first. We made our way to the first store, kind of browsing, and the store owner started chatting with us. and was like, oh, are you here for the Legends and Lanterns? And we're like, no, we had no idea what that was. She's like, oh, it's just dressed up. You'll see different characters as you make your way down. We left the store and started making our way down the main street, and we ran into our first person dressed up as characters and was like oh that's too funny so I just kind of keep going ran into a second set of people dressed up as different characters and next to them there was this basket full of pamphlets so like let me grab one of these to see what this is about so 
definitely did and it's you know some light reading so as i was reading through this pamphlet and understanding what was going on I became so excited if you have been watching my channel for a while you know halloween is my favorite holiday and to read about what was going on on the historic main drag was that some of the citizens of saint charles came dressed as different folklore legends and this booklet gave you a guide to all the different stations of where those characters would be at and a little bit of history of those characters. And Bonnie defeated the Kraken. Oh. And chopped off their tentacle. I would like, if you would permit me, to retell the tale of Anne Bonnie defeating the Kraken. They provided a map so you can see where everyone was going to be in the different stations. She keeps getting us the sweet gig on Main Street every year. It's our favorite, favorite stop. Yes, we have the best fan. And to make this even more fun for kids and even grown-ups who like a little fun, this book had a spot where you could get what they called little passport stamps. So there was seven different stations that you could get an embossed stamp on the designated page. So you would find the page that that station was at and get that part of the page stamped with the embossing stamp. So a little raised stamp to kind of like a Pokemon Go, collect all seven. All right, that one's over in there. Five pages. Yep. All right, hang on, I gotta go Yep, and then press down as hard as you possibly can. Okay. So naturally I turned to my cousin and I'm like, we're doing this and I definitely made them go to all seven stations so I can get all the stamps. And you know what? I was not the only adult doing this. There were Yes, a lot of kids, but other adults enjoying the fun and going to the different stations and chatting with the different characters. It was so much fun. You got to see characters such as Captain Hook, Medusa, the Queen of Hearts, so many different characters. And you got to chat with them about their backstory and their history and their lives. And it was just a lot of fun. Well, I listen to what people have to say. That's what we did. We listen to people read their stories or say stories out loud. And like, if you have a, a grandparent or a parent who tells a story, go immediately and write it down or it will be lost forever. There was even a little haunted house that was not too spooky so little kids can go through it, but spooky enough for even adults to get a little creeped out about it. So if you are looking for your next spooky little event for October, then check out St. Charles, Missouri's Legends and Lanterns. I think it's a great time for kids and adults alike. Thanks for watching and I'll see you in the next video. Ciao for now. Thank you. So I don't know what you guys thought. It's just an idea, but I'd love to get a reaction. See something like this would be of interest, do you think, to the community? Go ahead, Steve. Well, <clears throat> I had some other comments too, but I, I like the event, but it looks to me like it'd be a different event than what we're talking with streets and Treats and Street, because Treats and Street is just, there's too many people 
for this type of activity. And I noticed on their pamphlet that it occurred over multiple days. So I think it's something that, you know, if, if you want to pursue it as a different type of event, that would be great. Adding some colonas to it, possibly, to Treatson Street. But um, <clears throat> that's my initial reaction to it. But I did have some other, you know, things about this. Um, the other comment is doing something after Treatson Street, I don't know that personally staff would want to do that because we're already trying to shut, get everything put away, open the streets back up and stuff like that. And it's almost like you've created a second event on top of the first one. So I, I, I'm curious a couple things. One, um, was there any um, guest feedback from people that have been asking for this? Is this more coming from through the merchants and stuff like this one merchant that we've been asked for this type of elevated um, experience? It was certainly something that we experienced with the merchant. Um, and since it was outside of what we traditionally do, um, we thought we'd share it with you. Um, you know, we're certainly aware of, uh, you know, some of the feedback on, you know, those outlets and that they're interested in uh, having that component. It's just non-traditional from us so that's where we wanted to get your feedback because i i think you know interesting concept mm -hmm. i think you know like like i said if you did you know like like they sort of do where they have side things off of it the street fair like i just used an example orange street where you just sort of had that and you had like the haunted alley and mm -hmm. you can have people go down that and i would just be concerned that we i don't want to up it too much because it seems like our primary audience is the younger kids with families and stuff like that. And we have so many people here already. I don't know that we we need to diversify too much more. And it, it, um, but it would be nice to give an alternative. But I would be careful about elevating it too too much. Um, and then the, you said you, you communicate with the merchants a lot. Have you had a lot of feedback from the merchants? Do they like the treats and street? Does it draw business into their businesses so they're really happy with it? Or Yes, I would say that overall they're very happy with um, our interaction with them and uh, feedback. Uh, they do participate, and we'd like to take that as a plus, um, noting that they're very open to opening their doors to the traffic and um, what that brings. Uh, so overall, though we may not have specifically asked this question, we wanted to bring it to you first um, and get your input. But um, overall, the merchants have been very happy and willing to work with us for this event. Well, my overall thought is I like I like the idea of having a little bit of a themed area, but I would like to keep it themed more to the family-friendly treats and streets that we're already doing, and um, it'd be a little bit different than going to all the different booths where you're either picking up information from different groups or buying food or stuff like that. So it'd be something that sort of follows along with the theme, but I would like to keep it sort of personally more um, scaled down, but just a little bit more themed if somebody wants to get out of the just the lineup for getting candy and stuff. My thoughts. Thank you. Anyone else? Go ahead. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. On it, all that can, I, in my bottom line opinion, is all that can come out of it is more harm than good. Uh, adding the adding this component to it can up the chances of people getting touched, people getting into. I, 
I personally don't even like those type of events. I don't go to Not Scary Farm. I don't go to haunted houses. Just me personally, because of my my reactions, I react to people coming in my you know things coming in my face. I react to people popping out. It's just me. I have a personal preference. I don't like those things. So I my, I would I would move to not to not add this section to the streets and the streets and leave it as it is. So I'm going to make a comment, then I'm going to make a motion. Um, I just did a little bit of research, and um, this is what the 2021st year of the treats in the streets in Orange, something 20, like that. 27. 27. Well, we just celebrated the 27th. Oh, that's so we'll what I. That's what I get for looking up Villa Park. They have no idea. Just where I got my information from. Just saying. Uh, so, with that said. Um, I feel like I can say this with a lot of certainty that the city staff of the city of Orange has made our Treats in the Streets a, a, a beacon for uh, the holiday events at that time of the season. Um, and really with this, bringing it back to where we're at, it's basically asking, the staff is asking us for a recommendation uh, if we want to uh, have this. Um, I personally would vote yes for two reasons. Number one, I trust the staff to do the legwork, to do the research, to figure out where the best place for this would be um, with limitations on not touching and all of that stuff. Uh, number two, there are folks who will, um, if we don't give them some sort of um, easement, that's wrong use of that word. If we don't give them a space, uh, they're going to continue to do this, and they're going to continue to scare kids. They're going to continue to jump out and chase them. Um, my daughter's been going since she was one, and um, you know she's cognizant since she's been three. So she gets to that point, and it's like literally like I had to tell, hey, easy, because not everybody likes clowns. Um, so I would move that um, we recommend to staff that they create this section. And um, in that, I would um, ask them to report back whenever they feel they have something to do on the design, if any other merchants in the area want to participate. I think that's it. To clarify, I think um, from a staff perspective, we're going to designate, we can designate a space, and then uh, the merchant would uh, submit a proposal for approval. Uh, cost and logistics would be up to the merchant themselves. You better. Okay. Do I need to amend that motion? Sorry. Approval by whom? We um, take a look at all of the activities that uh, merchants do. So, like, for instance, someone would submit an application to do, like, purple hair dye, and we would say, sure, that's fun and kid-friendly. We'll look at all of those, and if they uh, submit that they want to do a scary activity, we would look at what they're doing and designate them to that location that we've determined. And to answer your question, Chair, no need to amend the motion as it's a... It's not a substantial aspect. It's that's fine. Yeah. Sorry. So, would all the 
just following on, would all the streets, so would treats in the streets look the same? Is that what you're saying? But if a store or a um, like restaurant or something in the circle wanted to be scary, they wouldn't do it in front of their store. They would do it in this place that you're saying is the scary place. I just want to make sure. I'm I, ideally, I think that's what we're uh, envisioning. If, if, um, sorry, do you want to answer that, Danny? Yes, that's what we're envisioning. Um, Do you want to second that motion, or we're just going to die? I'll second. Thank you. So right now, if they want to do something in front of their shop, we can control that. If they want to do something in their shop, that's their own private business to do stuff. So, you know, anything they did in front of their store, we could say you've got to move it over here because it's public right away at that point. So we're able to regulate that more. And it's a permitted event. Okay. Any further vote, please? Oh. Any further discussion? Well, sorry, can I have it reread to me, please? What the motion is? Or is it up there? So we would consider, an ev we would recommend to staff, we are recommending to staff that staff consider and evaluate the designation of a spooky street section to the 2024 Treats in the Streets Autumn Festival. Please vote. I'm trying to count. There's more green than red. Okay, this passes. <laughs> Thank you for the lively discussion. Moving on to item 5.4, the policy for naming parks and for fundraising efforts for park facilities and amenities. Thank you, Chair. I'll take this one. Um, tonight I'll be presenting a brief report on policy for naming of parks and for fundraising efforts for park facilities and amenities. At the November 22 uh, commission meeting, the commission approved a procedure outlining criteria and guidelines for collecting public input regarding park naming for new parks. However, it was not adopted as a city policy. In October of 23, the city council requested staff in collaboration with the Park Planning and Community Events Commission recommend a park naming policy outlining criteria and guidelines for naming new city parks and amenities. The draft policy before you addresses naming criteria as well as fundraising efforts for capital improvement projects and capital campaigns. At this time, we would ask the commission to provide input on the draft policy as well as a recommendation to the council. This concludes my report. Anyone want to speak? I'm sorry. Is there any has is, is there anyone who no public speaker Thank chair? You. Commissioner Oswick. Yeah, um a couple questions that I had. One is in section four, um, or I guess a section A. Sorry, section two, subsection A, sub subsection four. Uh, we have a dollar amount as a minimum for uh, plaques. And I didn't see that anywhere else. Is there a reason behind why we had set a dollar amount for plaques versus anything else? It says $25,000 and above mm -hmm. is where they'll, so. Versus, 
uh, is your question like versus a, a plaque for any dollar amount or a, or a range? It's, it's two questions, really. One, we don't have any sort of, like earlier, there's the monetary donations um, for other portions where it just says what the cost would be. Um, and in sponsorship, I didn't really see, um, other than capital campaigns, there wasn't a dollar amount name. So I was wondering why we have a dollar amount named here and why it isn't indexed or anything like that. So that, because, I mean, I don't know that it's not an arbitrary number, but I think if you get, you know, $1,000 here, $1,000 there, you're peppering the city with plaques for, you know, the cost of a trash can or a bench or so to... Um, get around having plaques everywhere. I think we went for a more substantial donation. Um, and then if there were, but, you know, we're open to your feedback. Um, if there's uh, larger donations, that's where uh, it kind of the capital campaign comes into play. Another question I have is, um, uh, we don't have anything on here about just general sponsorship or advertising. I know Commissioner Kushan has talked uh, in the past about some of the sponsorship opportunities he's aware of. Um, oddly enough, I had a friend send me off of Facebook what they were paying for pickleball court sponsorship and advertising, and it was several thousand dollars a month. Um, is that something that we would consider separate from this, or... Would this policy look at that as well? Or is this, since this is just naming related, this is all we're worrying about on that? It's kind of a philosophical question about how you want the parks to look when it comes to um, sponsorship. So um, if it were a capital campaign for a new facility or amenity and you wanted to name building B, whatever, um, you know, that that's an option and that would come down to the specific campaign and we would determine uh, what the benefits of, of being a sponsor in that way. Is that, does that answer your question? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, the other question that it, it kind of raises is if, let's say the uh, sport courts at, at Grijalva wanted to open it up to advertising, so that you could have, you know, so-and-so's car wash up on the wall with a banner or something like that. Would that be something that we would consider separate of this, or is that handled? How is that handled, I guess, maybe? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, it, again, it fits into the capital campaign. So if we were to okay. build a new amenity, for, for instance, if you've been inside um, the sports center, there are, there, when we built that building, we did a capital, capital campaign, and there were naming opportunities. So there's uh, a business who has their name on the scoreboard. There is a, a trophy case that is has a business name on it. So there were naming opportunities within that capital campaign. Okay. And then if we wanted to look at advertising type options for things, that would be just like a separate entity altogether. You want to answer that? <laughs> Good evening, Commission. 
yes, we would, given the um, direction that we were asked from council to look at this park naming and facility side of it, we wanted to start with this piece to have sure. this set. And then if we want to further make a recommendation to council about opportunities for advertising, uh, we, we may want to consider that if that's something that the commission wants to explore further. I would like to keep those separate because they're they're two different in my mind they're two different things i could completely follow that and maybe um when appropriate put forth that we would like to ask council their thoughts on advertising for park amenities or whatever it's the appropriate wording you may make that request at this time if you'd like i would um, like to make the request i just requested thank you <laughs> <laughs> staff do you need any additional information or Regarding, okay. Commissioner DeVries. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I guess uh, I'm thinking, Leslie, do you guys want like just kind of like general thoughts in this discussion or do you want to go in the sections or both? <laughs> I think it would be most helpful to start with some of the larger concepts if collectively the commission feels that there are certain sections they really want to address and then we can maybe get into the details based on the larger discussion. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. That sounds good to me. That's what I was thinking too. Um, okay. So then my um, general thoughts as we're thinking about naming parks, generally I, I like to stick with like nature topics um, or people. It's one of the few things that we can do um, to honor a person besides giving them a key to the city is naming a person, uh, naming a park after them. And so I think it is a huge honor and that helps carry that passion that that individual had for Orange down to the next generations, which is very important. Um, I would say I would like to keep it at that and not companies at all. Unless I would probably consider something if it were a company based in Orange. Um, and I thought I, I could give an example. Um, so if we had... Um, I don't know, like we've got Pitcher, Pitcher Park, right? That's the one that my family frequents all the time. And I noticed the last time I was there that there's a little placard underneath one of the peach trees that Mrs. Pitcher loved peaches, and she was known for her peach pie. <laughs> um, so this was obviously a family that lived in Orange, and she was known for her peach pie. It's just, it's part of the charm and the history of our city. Um, so... Just an idea. We could have like a peach pie afternoon. But where the company part would come in for me would be, let's say a company wanted to donate pie crusts, like Pepperidge Farm wanted to donate the pie crust or um, the pie hole downtown wanted to donate, then that would be fine. <laughs> um, where we could advertise when we're advertising the event, this peach pie afternoon, for example, um, we could say this was made possible by this and this company and everyone gets a mini pie. I, I just wanted to make that a like really concrete example because I wanted to draw that distinction between honoring with park naming people, nature again, versus 
some particular company, um, but still acknowledging in a nice way that they're helping us. I just want to make sure we don't lose the character. That's all for now. Thank you. Commissioner Kushan. Thank you, Chair. Um, probably one of our largest, if not our largest, single untapped source of income in this city is our, 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 our parks and park amenities. Um, I've had some few discussions with uh, the director of parks for the city of Irvine. Um, the Irvine Great Park is run by a nonprofit corporation that is managed by both their council and a few other folks. That nonprofit corporation, the money that was brought in, that what, 5.6 million, I believe it was, that was brought in from their naming rights for just that park. That was, brought, that was garnered from the University of California, Irvine. That went into the city's general fund. That money is, uh, is enjoyed throughout the city of Irvine by the citizens of Irvine. Um, we have, in my opinion, probably five to six amenities and parks right now off the top of my head that we could easily raise half a million dollars, if not more, just in um, a short amount of work because we have very desirable amenities with very desirable com uh, locations with very desirable plans. And, sorry. Go ahead. Can I, 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 I agree with you 100%. Um, I want to make sure that we're staying we're getting focused there. on um, this, which is this component is just basically how we're going to name parks. That's where we're going to get there. So yes, I'm getting right to that, sir. Thank you. I'm sorry, my apologies. You're Jared. fine. So when we think about naming, we have to think about the value. I want to make sure we're considering the real value that we have there. This isn't just, in my mind, this isn't something that. I think we have to think of this in totality. We have to think of this as a master plan for naming. It's got to be something that's done in a totality. We've got to think of the overall, com the overall inventory we have and think of them, yes, they are, they're, they're parks, they're, they're, but they, we have an inventory. We have a, we have a limited inventory and we need to consider this as a, as a whole. So with that being said, we have to, I think, as a, as a whole, we need to look at where, what, what it is, where it's going to go, and how we're going to do it. And it's, I think it needs to be a dynamic model because some of, the, some of our parks, some of the amenities, it might be ABC Company. And ABC Company, it, it, is it a lease? Is it a sell? Is it a part? Is it a rental? Is it part of the park? Is it just the amenity? Is it the swimming pool? Just the swimming pool? Is it just the skate park? Are there layers to it? And I want to make sure that what we don't do is we don't do the people that are going to come after us a disservice by putting something together that's either rigid or short-sighted and doesn't take advantage of the layers that can come from this by saying, okay, hey, we're just going to put together 
a three-page policy that hits three different things and doesn't build for what can branch off of a corporate partnership with one company. So I, I know there's, there, we'll get to a motion. I apologize, that's a little long-winded, but this is something I've been considering and looking at for the, for the better part of five years in one aspect or another. So I would ask my fellow commissioners and also ask staff when we're, when we, when we're looking at this to consider the totality of this resource because this is something that can be a major, major shot in the arm for our city and for our budget and for our department and for a long time to come. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Freeman. A couple of things. First, how does this differ from the policy that we adopted that never went to city council first? Um, it's very much in line with the procedure that the commission uh, approved um, in terms of how we collect information, the or how we collect uh, name possibilities uh, and the criteria for what those names can be. And that's kind of where the procedure ended. Okay. And then on top of that, um, it has the um, monetary component. The only thing, I'm just to me, the policy is a little confusing is written because section two is naming of parks. <clears throat> but then we get down to um, point four underneath this, monetary donations for amenities. I'd almost rather see park naming be its own policy. Just this is how we name parks than how we deal with everything else be separate because it seems very mixed right now because it's under the title of naming of parks. But it's really talking about capital campaigns, things within parks and stuff like that. And it almost feels like a naming of a park is going to be so seldom that it, there should be a very specific, because we only have so many parks, should be a very specific policy on that. And then more general policy on how we're going to deal with amenities, you know, maybe even at some point advertising, stuff like that. Just feels a little mixed in the policy to me right now. It's like we're trying to cover too many things under one topic real quick. Or you're even making the monetary, the amenities a separate section from park naming in the policy, is what I'm thinking. Commissioner Lewin? I just have a question kind of related to that. I wanted to know, um, I believe this came from city council, and I wanted to know specifically, I didn't hear what it was, what specifically did they ask for? Did they want something in there about the donation portion of it, or was it just related to park naming? Uh, the specific ask was to recommend a park naming policy outlining criteria and guidelines for naming new city parks and amenities. Can I install the board? So if I can just make a couple of suggestions. One would be to divide um, the park naming separate from the fundraising portion of this. Um, I, I think we've talked a lot in this commission over the past couple of years about fundraising. We've never really come together to maybe think up a grander plan with the staff. Maybe we could take some time to do that um, at, at another meeting um, so we can put our ideas together. If the staff would like a policy on that, on just fundraising, maybe we can work on that separately and work on park naming as was recommended by the city council. And <clears throat> a little bit off topic, but still within the, the uh, policy here, um, I did notice that in um, 
gain the gaining the input for the park naming. Oh, by the way, I first actually wanted to start by saying thank you to the staff because I think you did an amazing job of taking all that information that we worked so hard on last time and putting it together in a policy. Should have said that first, sorry. <laughs> Going back um, in the gaining input portion, um, <clears throat> it looks like from how I read it, the input will be gained, the staff will take the information and then come back to us with a list that's not comprehensive of all the input, but just of a list of names that fall into um, at least one of the listed criteria. Um, and because we've never actually gotten to the point of getting a list from the public yet, this, this commission, um, I would think that we'd want to hear all the different names that are being suggested. Um, I don't think it would be hundreds. So. Um, People may be thinking out of the box, you know, something that we didn't come up with as far as criteria. They may have some other criteria that we may find would be awesome. So if we can hear those other names as well, I think that would be a good idea. Are those thoughts or was there a motion in there? I don't think we're working on a motion. I think it's just a... Okay. So staff, I, I, I do want to... I'm trying to get to the motion. But I want to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not making a motion. Uh, but I do want to remind you that um, at a future meeting we are going to discuss um, fundraising efforts for park facilities and amenities. Is that right? But before you speak, is that, I want to make sure that that's what we're going to talk about, right? The subject of tonight's agenda is to provide yes. recommendations regarding the draft policy as presented, and then in the future, the fundraising per uh, Commissioner Ashweed's request, uh, the staff will come back with some ideas and, and more clear information as to other options to consider for fundraising. That is how I understood it. Is that correct, Chair? Yes. yes. And, and Vice Chair? So I want to make sure that our comment and our discussion yeah. is pertinent to Correct. what we're talking about here as a as on a holistic thing rather than kind of getting into the weeds of what we want down the road on something that we're going to talk about later. Correct. Does that make sense? Yes, the staff is seeking input as to the draft policy and seeing if you had any areas for improvement, some, some things that need to be changed before it is then presented to the city council. Thank you. You're welcome. Commissioner Kusha. Well, and that's the major point that I'm trying to make. I think one of the main points that needs to be part of the policy is that a financial component of the name of naming rights needs to be a major component of the policy. So we're going to talk about that down the road. We haven't even talked about, like, we're, we haven't figured out the financial part. So we're going to talk, discuss financial part down the road. When... I understand the policy section three is exceptions to the policy where I think section three exceptions to the policy actually needs to be the exceptions needs to be a main part of the policy. If I may, um, I think that's why we made it an exception is because we realized that depending on the size of the project, if it's, you know, a, a $10 million gymnasium, or a $50 million musical, you know, the, the capital campaign is gonna change depending on the project. So if we have a static, 
this is what it is. I think that's what we're leaving. We're trying to leave it up to open to interpretation or, or f allow some flexibility per campaign was the intent. So we're looking for you to provide information of how we, if that's not reading that way. What I'm, what, what's, what I'm not seeing though, when you say exception to it right away says it's something different than, it calls it out as being not the way that we're going to do this. This is something completely different. This is, whereas I'm looking, I, my, my druthers is to have that be integrated into the policy, whereas a, a least naming rights would not be the, the exception to the rule. That would be part of the rule. It would be just as normal as somebody coming to us for a plaque because what, if we're looking at hypotheticals, just like the $25,000 plaque, there's, there would be no provision for a park that needs nothing, yet is an attractive lease option for a naming right, that money going to the general fund for road maintenance. There is no provision for anything like that. I think because this policy addresses park, uh, a po it's a policy for naming of new new parks, new new amenities. Is that? A, I think we took that word out, but now that yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's, kind of, that's the mindset. Leslie, are you wanting to stay? We're. I didn't really. I'm, so I'm trying to get this clarified. We're naming. We're we're, we're com coming up with a policy to name parks. New city operated park New land and amenities. So existing, uh, I, don't, I don't, at this time, we're not looking to rename existing parks, but we're, we're trying to create a policy for naming of new city operated parkland. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna, because then in, under provision three, name changes. The title itself speaks doesn't say new there's a provision for name changes that's why i'm saying it's very confusing name changes are discouraged is what is in the is in the policy um but if the council were to come to us and say we want to do that it's they're under their purview to do so there's an allowance for it I don't, what, what I don't understand is why we can't come up with a master policy that states that, yes, we understand that we're going to have to name parks. There are ways to name parks. There's way A, where the traditional way, way B, there are pay for many C, there are lease naming rights. And there's the A, B, and C. And... There you have it. I think that's what we're looking for. So we can take that and, and uh, try to redraft that if that's what the commission, if that's the direction the commission wants to go in. Oh, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, a, trying to be difficult. I'm trying to make sure that we encapsulate as much as possible in this without being too broad. So what do you want? What do I want? I want, I, I, let me think about that for a minute. Anybody else want to discuss? And I'll try to get this yeah, comprehensive. Let's, let's, let's get to a, a, a not a, 
Yes. Let not not an I wish. Yes. But I, I but I want. I'll try to draft this. All right. Thank you, Commissioner DeVries. I'll give you some time. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go into the policy. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll just wait a second. All right, so I'm on the first the first page, um, and let's see. In the second paragraph, um, where it says, "Given this role, the city council finds you know that sentence um, to review on the naming of parks and donations towards park facilities and amenities pursuant to code, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. I didn't know if we needed to put in there like without financial influence. Um, it should really be the city of Orange who wants to honor someone, not X person or X company because they want that. So that's a note for me for that paragraph. Um, on the second page, names and honors of individuals. So are you making a motion? No, 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 no. So you should, if you want them to change the language, you don't should. They wanna, don't they want like feedback? Because we're eventually going to have to vote on that. Oh. I'm sorry, can you explain further what we're doing for this? Are we <laughs> making a motion to have a bunch of changes, or are we providing feedback and suggestions? Leslie, what are you looking for? It's a great question. <laughs> uh, we are looking for general feedback for this concept, sort of this larger conversation. If you, know, if you want to separate those pieces out with the park naming versus the fundraising, we can do that. We can take this feedback, come back again to commission meeting with a revised policy before we bring it forward to council for consideration. So at this point, it's really uh, just general concepts, um, if there's certain sections we strike that, we don't even want to include that concept, but we want to include this concept. We can go back and wordsmith and make it uh, address these things, but that's the concept we're looking so for right now. We're wanting more general, but if we have very specific things, we should give that to you separately. That would be great. That would be great. Okay, so then on uh, page two, is this okay? I was going to suggest you just chop out the first two bullets. I'm not saying you have to do it, but just consider it. Um, because... Again, I, I just don't want, I just don't think our parks are for sale. Um, I, I, I think, of course, um, <laughs> we can get funding, uh, you know, but we don't want to lose the character of our, of our parks. So that's my general um, idea there. And then again, I think that if someone or some company wishes to finance something, um, city council needs to determine their impact. That, that would be my general um, advice. I thought the rest of it looked great. Um, page uh, 27, that's the third page of the policy. I think somebody else brought up point B when directed to do so by the city council, so I think we're good there. Um, and then on page four, I was going to suggest crossing out a number one, corporate naming of a facility. I'm not saying that... I would just say that in general, I don't, I don't want to see, like, I don't want to name a company, but X Company Park, uh, we could have it in a byline, though, right? Like, made possible by X Company Park. So, thank you very much. 
Commissioner Oswey. There we go. Um, so the one thing that I think that we should be looking at taking out here is that $25,000 level thing. Because I think it, it, it limits us. You know, it may come that somebody wants to give us $1,000 for a trash can. I don't know why, but, and that may be a priority in the future. And to the comment about corporations, frankly, I'm tired of us kicking things down the road because we don't have any money. And if there's a way to get money in here to help provide, uh, provide some sort of, uh, of additional amenities, I, within reason, don't care who pays for it as long as we get the things that we need. I mean, the staff works so hard to get so many things and the, the, the mathematical gymnastics that you guys go through to find money for our stuff, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I would love to find any way to help you guys out in that. And I wouldn't, and the only reason I'm saying take out the $25,000 thing is, don't, let's not limit ourselves. We don't know what the capital campaign may be. We don't know what the advertising campaign may be. You know, to Adam's point, I think it was you, uh, you know, we don't want to limit ourselves in the future. We, we want to be able to be flexible, or maybe it was James. It was, one of you two are very smart. <laughs> um, no, it, all, all joking aside, I, I, that's the only thing that I really see in here that's objectionable. Maybe taking the third section out, the capital campaigns thing, and making it part of an overall fundraising strategy thing, maybe that helps clarify it down to what we're attempting to do. Um, and I'd be open to anything as long as it brings money into this city. Commissioner Freeman. I just, um, one thing I was trying to figure out is when council just threw out amenities, I don't know, I wonder what their definition of it really was. Are they just talking about other city amenities or are they amenities within a park? So that, that's one thing that just sort of threw me off that could have thrown this off. I'd personally like to see a policy that's just focused on park naming for the park itself which we've got most of that in here. Um, we say names and honors of individuals. We've listed a lot of that. And I'd like to talk about, you know, the financial, the amenities and all that sort of stuff being a separate thing once the park is established that we might have, you know, the Leslie's Gymnasium because she donated towards that or something like that. But it's at Grijalva Park. That's my personal feeling. I mean, I know there's opportunities like, you know, look at City of Anaheim. They, they built buildings and they, they lease the name to do with commercial um, sports facilities all the time. You know, we could do the Perina Dog Park or something like that if they want to pay the money. But I, <clears throat> I think I'd rather have, like, you know, um, the park itself, because we've sort of gone through this already with the um, Annie Posado, that we wanted to really make the parks unique and the naming in the city tied to the city. But everything else within it, to me, is open. And I'd rather have the two policies separate, because the naming of a park is going to be very selective, very very few times, but everything else could be happening quite a bit, and we need to do more of it to get more money. So I'd rather see them as two separate, personally. So as a reminder uh, for those who were here and for those who were not, um, when this committee, this commission was established, uh, there was no set policy on how parks were named. They were just named. Uh, and speaking with a couple of council members, uh, non-Brown Act violation, um, <laughs> we decided that it would be good to try to put forward some sort of uh, recommendation to put forward names for the city council uh, that would take away some of 
the burden of folks going to them. They could send them here. We could listen to folks, do what we have to do, and put forward some names. So um, thank you uh, to the staff because when I brought this forward, I had these, I, I didn't have anything. I just had a blank piece of paper and said, please do this. And you guys, you all did this. And it looks, uh, the, the part about naming parks, the recommendation works great. I, I love it. Um, my druthers, I would feel that um, we should take out section three. And here's why. Um, I actually spoke to, um, Councilmember Gillenhammer, he actually called me. I don't remember what day it was, but he called me and he was asking me about this. And we had a longer conversation than we should have had because I was, I think I was making dinner. Um, but um, I was trying to understand what he was talking about. And really what he was talking about was what Commissioner Kushan is getting at, which is um, not the naming of, of new parks, but possibly um, doing, what would you call it, corporate naming of existing parks and amenities. Naming rights. Naming rights, thank you. Um, that is what the policy that he is looking for. And I, I believe that that's what Commissioner Kushan is looking for. Um, for example, um, I coached youth soccer and uh, I was approached just as a weird thing. Um, USA Soccer, there are grants that USA Soccer would come and uh, put turf at Grijalva Park, and they would do it. We wouldn't have to pay anything. However, we would have to allow them to put the USA Soccer logo on the turf field. So that's something I'm not even, that's just a, a hypothetical in terms of naming rights or whatever, branding. Um, when I actually got first appointed to this commission, I talked to Leslie's uh, predecessor and I said you know one of the best things we could do is maybe put like a big brand on the field at Grijalva why because it's in the pathway of planes landing at John Wayne and that's advertising space for a company and that's a way to make revenue for the city um, so I, I think that it'd be great if we can come back for that component of coming up with fundraising for park facilities amenities slash naming rights. Um, I also agree with Commissioner Alsweed that has setting a $25,000 hard cap. I think that's a little high. I would recommend that we do uh, tiered. So let's say someone wants to call, wants to purchase a plaque or have something on a trash can, maybe that's $500, $1,000. Uh, if someone wants to buy a bench, maybe that's, you know, $2,000, $5,000. If someone wants to have their name on the wall, that's $10,000. Just the same way we do the different sponsorship levels and partnership levels. That way, folks who may not make uh, the amount of money that uh, some of us do who can make that investment can still contribute to their city. Um, that's all I have. And I, again, I thank you for the time that you all put into this. Commissioner Freeman. One more suggestion. You might want to check with the parks, I mean, the library department, because they do have a naming rights policy already within their facilities, and that may help us be consistent throughout the city of how we go about naming amenities within city facilities. Commissioner Kushan. 
one last piece. I I missed one key component to this whole thing because it's not in the title of the document that in one line where it says for new since it's not in the title of it that uh, I was approaching this as being for all um, so some of my comments are a little tempered but nonetheless um, it's I, I still stand that the, the third piece of it still needs to be uh, addressed for all new component all new parks and amenities as well though Commissioner DeVries Thanks. Um, yeah, I can hear I can hear the, the comments about um, the revenue and, and things. I just wanted to give one more example just for my vision of how I can see these parks being named, which I would love to be reflected in here or in a future document if we're going to do a separate one for fundraising and stuff. Um, uh, like at Hart Park, the, um, the Lionettes were a softball team, women's softball team, played in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. They won a national championship. These ladies were awesome. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if we had a Lionettes Park? You know, so one of our new parks we built had a baseball team. Maybe we call it the Lionettes Park. And then we go to the Angels, for example, and we say to them, listen, these Lionettes, here's their picture. They're amazing. You know, we tell them the story of these amazing women in orange. You know, would you like to be a part of that? But we wouldn't call it um, Angels. <laughs> you know, um, so anyway, uh, just throwing it out there. Thanks. I hope that's enough feedback. <laughs> if I may summarize, do you, you want to? Okay. Uh, if I may summarize, just so we have a good collective input from the commission so we can then come back at another, at a future meeting. So, it is my understanding that uh, you would like to separate these two out. So we have our park naming policy as one, and then we can reevaluate the amenities and fundraising component. That's the largest takeaway. Is that Commissioner Kushan? Then it's absolutely that it is 100% distinction that there is no ambiguity that this is for 100% for new parks and new amenities only that this has nothing to do with anything that is already in existence and anything that's planned. Everything that's planned and moving forward would be governed by everything that's already in existence will be under a policy that will they'll be crafted at a later date. So the, po so the policy that we're going to bring forward for review, for revision of this, will be the park naming for new park and amenities going forward. And we want to revisit collectively existing amenities for naming, advertising, fundraising opportunities. Is that, do I have that correct? Okay. Yes. Do we need to do that as a motion? Are we or? going to get to see the revised draft? Yes, we oh, will okay. bring forward, yes. Before Perfect. anything Thanks. is brought forward to council, we'll bring it back to commission for, for review. And then commission will make the recommendation to recommend it to council. If I may have a motion from the dais, I would appreciate that for the record. And you don't have to summarize everything, but right. just so that it's clear that it's a distinction between new park yes. naming and investment naming right, right opportunities. I would like to make a motion then that we have a distinction, that we have a distinction made between the policy that we reviewed tonight for the new park 
and the naming procedure and a review of the old policy uh, the existing policy and procedures for amenity and park naming for financial consideration Yes, that's correct. As, and as to the first part, I would recommend that you ask staff to bring back for. Oh yes, and I'd like to see. And I would re, I, I would ask <laughs> that staff bring back the revised draft of the first policy. And I, as your attorney, I'm not crafting the motion. I'm just reminding you. Thank you, ma'am. Did so, I hear review of existing policy for fundraising? Is that the last part of the motion? Review the, the the to review the existing policy to review the existing policy that we have. Yes. My question is because I don't believe we have an existing policy for park uh, fundraising efforts for park naming rights. Okay. okay. I request that you make that that they come up with a policy. To come up yes. with a to, to come up with a policy for, uh, for naming amenities naming, and naming rights for amenities and current parks. We'll be bringing forward two new policies. Yes. There we go. There we go. May, may not be at the same time, but we'll. <laughs> Perfect. Is there a, so we have a motion. A motion. Is there a second? I'll second. second. Ah. Whatever. Uh, we'll go uh, Commissioner Litwin with a second. Okay, so there is a motion and a second to... Um, Bring back drafts of two different policies. Please vote. Great. We look forward to uh, that in the, at a future date. Thank you. Item 5.5, .5, Selection of Park Planning and Community Events Commission Officers. Do we have any requests to speak on this matter? <coughs> No requests, Chair. Um, at this time, we'll look to our administrative manager, Nicole McDaniels, to present. Good evening, Chair and Commission, and Happy New Year. Uh, pursuant to the Orange Municipal Code, the Commission shall select a chair and vice chair at its first meeting of the calendar year for a one-year term. The chair is responsible for running the bi-monthly meetings in accordance with the Brown Act and Robert's Rules of Order beginning March 2024 through January 2025. The chair may also call a special meeting in accordance with the OMC. The vice chair will assume the chair's role in their absence. At this time, staff is recommending that the commission select its chair and vice chair for the upcoming year. This concludes my presentation and I'm happy to answer any questions. Do you want to nominate a chair and a vice chair, or do you want to do both? Or do you want to do one than the other? It's up to the commission. One than the other. One the other. Okay. Well, we'll uh, ask for uh, anyone want to nominate a chair. I nominate you. <laughs> you being Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Freeman. I was going to nominate um, Commissioner Kishan. Anyone else? I'm 
So we have two names. Are you, are you, you're staying out of it? Does anyone else want to put forward a name? I love the, 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 the total name. Okay. What? Yes, I'd like to nominate uh, Commissioner Chip. Respectfully decline. <laughs> I have a question, um, and if you don't know off the top of your head, that's fine. How many other commissions uh, rotate their chair on an annual basis versus, if you don't know, it's fine. I was told that there are other commissions that they have their, their chair serve more than one year. I would want this commission, I don't want to be the only commission that does it, and I mean like at the, I'll serve at the pleasure of my fellow commissioners, but I don't want to be the only commissioner that does it. And if there are, then I would recommend that we kind of find a happy medium somewhere and do that. But I don't want to put this off, but I just, just for the future. We can get back to you with an answer to your question, but if we were to make a change to how often we rotate the chair, we would need to make a change to yes. the resolution. Yeah, I, I realize that. Okay. So we can get back to you with that information? Thank you. I think it's a good idea to have different people in the seats trying it out. So I'd like to make another nomination, nominate uh, Commissioner Steve, if interested. I would accept if, if chosen. All right. So, uh, is there any other ones? Or can we? Any anyone else want to make any other nominations? All right. So I will close the nomination. Period. And then it looks like we have to select between myself and Commissioner Freeman. Yes. Yes. My recommendation would be if you can come up to a consensus. Okay. Uh, and then make a motion on one vote because Fair otherwise enough. it would be awkward to do two motions yep. and you each vote Fair enough. Okay. together. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Does anyone want to talk? I think that this year has gone incredibly smoothly. We've gone through a lot of changes, um, a lot of adaptations, great interaction with the staff, with the community. I think you've done an excellent job, Eugene. Um, I respect the work that you've done. I respect the work that you did as well, Steve. I mean, you were incredible. Um, knowing that there's a lot of things that are continuing over, for instance, this naming process, things like that, over multiple years, I think that there is some level of utility and having some continuity between those uh, continuity of leadership on those issues and I think that I think that you are well suited and would make an, do an excellent job at it I agree with you on all, all of those notes um, not that I want to form a debate here but I do think it is a good idea to get Fresh, a fresh mind in the seat as well to, to lead. I think you did a fantastic job, and I want to thank you for the last year of everything, um, for everything. But uh, I think getting an, a, a fresh new mind in the seat as well would help to maybe navigate a little bit differently. So, yeah. But I am happy with both of you, either of you. Yeah. Done a fantastic job. Is it fair to ask for a motion and a second? at this point, or do they need to reach a consensus? No, I think um, if you want to 
have a motion in a second and vote, but I would like to, I know, I guess which one goes first? I think you can do a motion in a second. Motion with a name and then vote on it and then a second motion. But if the motion passes, the first name would be designated as the chair, if that makes sense. Okay. So I'll make a motion. I make a motion that um, Eugene Field serves as another year as chairperson. Is that okay? Yes. I'll second. I'm sorry, there's a motion and a second. Please vote. <laughs> Sir, Thank you. you are, I didn't have to vote. You are chair for the second year. Thank you. Uh, uh, and now, if you'd like to entertain nominations for the I, vice president. I, I would, but before I, I open that, I would like to say something. Number one, thank you for your trust and, and your um, uh, camaraderie and, and, and cooperation. Um, please don't nominate me for at least another five years. <laughs> I really mean that. Um, with that, uh, I'd like to open nominations for a vice chair. I'd like to nominate uh, Chip Housewee. I'll accept. Is there a second? I was going to nominate Steve since we were thinking about him for the chairperson. So I liked both candidates. So I'll nominate you for vice chairman. Okay. There are two names to be considered. So I feel like, um, you know, the reason why I've, I uh, nominated Commissioner Alsweet is I know that he's put in a lot of time and effort, um, both uh, so, somewhat passionately, somewhat, uh, uh, you know, and, and I appreciate uh, being able to work with you. And, and I know that you have a, a passion to serve the city. Um, we have hiked way too many hills in this, in this city. Um, and, and discussed a lot of uh, things in, in the park. And I think um, having uh, a, a little bit more responsibility as, as a vice chair um, can kind of help you kind of focus in a little bit more on things that you want to do and, and figure out 
you know, how to work with the federal commissioners and staff to focus on that. And I appreciate what staff has done to kind of rein us in and, and guide us and make us more grown up at the table. Uh, so uh, I think having an opportunity to do that will will help you. Appreciate that. I just want to say I'd be willing to serve wherever the commission feels they want me to serve, so I'm not locked into any one thing. If there's no more discussion, would someone like to make a motion? I'd like to make a motion to um, vote to have uh, Commissioner Freeman as the vice chair. Is there a second? I'll second. There is a motion and a second. Please vote. Motion passes. Uh, congratulations, uh, Vice Chair Freeman. Congrats. Moving on to item number six, Community Service Director's Report. Yes, tonight's parks and uh, tonight our Parks and Facilities Manager Robert Ambrose Jr. will be providing the Community Services Director's Report. Good evening, Chair and Commission. Feels a little awkward to be the last one to speak this evening. Usually I go first, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, so I am here to give director's report on a couple of items. The first one being our skate park and the second one being our West Orange Park. So starting with the uh, skate park, we had our first skate park community meeting at Grijalva Park on December 13th. There were approximately 50 people in attendance, including our very own commissioners, DeVries, Litwin, and Freeman. And we also had council member Gutierrez and community services staff and individuals associated with the local stakeholder contenders board shop. Grindline Skate Park CEO Matt Fluge led the meeting and engaged the skaters in attendance by presenting a slideshow of other skate parks that Grindline has worked on. Matt then went around the room and gathered input and suggestions regarding the features and amenities that the skaters would like to see in the skate park. Overall, it was a very successful first community meeting. So now at this point, Matt and his Grindline team took all the skater suggestions that uh, were received that evening and are now working on a preliminary design to bring back and share. So this preliminary design will be shared at a second community meeting. The date for the second meeting has yet to be confirmed, but we are working towards establishing that date, hopefully within the next week or so. Uh, then as far as West Orange Park, uh, the first community meeting for West Orange Park will actually be this Thursday, January 18th at 6 p.m. will be held at the El Camino Real Park in our community center. Our design contractor, MIG, will be sharing existing condition plans, potential amenities, and collecting public input. Uh, the MIG team will then do the same and take all of the public input received and begin working on a preliminary design to bring back and share. This preliminary design, preliminary design will be shared also at a second community meeting. A date for this second meeting has yet to be confirmed as well. 
And lastly, uh, to answer the question uh, Chair Field had earlier with regards to the funding. So uh, as a part of the proposed community services fiscal year 25 CIP budget, staff will be requesting the budget amount needed for construction of the West Park as funds have been identified by city staff. There is also the potential for federal grant funds, such as what we received for the Pickleball and Fitness Circuit project. So I hope that answers where we're at with that at this point. Can we communicate that with uh, the front-facing staff in the city? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not naming names. Okay. Um, and that is my updates. Thank you. Question, what was the time of that meeting Thursday? Thursday, 6 p.m. Um, can I ask a question? Of course. Uh, I thought the skate park meeting was great, by the way, and I was really impressed with the CEO, and like he really engaged the community. So well done for y'all for picking him. He was great, and it was so great to see so many skateboarders there. Um, I had a question about oh, what was it? Yeah, is it okay if I ask about Eisenhower Park, or no? I just had a quick question about if the shade sales are going up. So, Commissioner, uh, it needs to be agendized uh, for the future. Oh, okay. So no, don't worry about it. it. Wasn't part Sorry. Of the yeah. Original. Yeah. My, my bad. No my worries. bad. Yeah. Um, okay. Great. Yeah. And then just to confirm, the location of the West Orange Park. I drove over there. Eugene, help me <laughs> try to find it. So, if you park in the parking lot where the Jack in the Box is, and you look out, kind of like where the drive-through comes. Is it that? So yes, it's off. If you parked in the Jack in the Box parking lot, it's off to the east hand side of that. Mm -hmm. So where you could find it is if you just go to the Santa Ana River bike trail. Okay. Literally just right there, adjacent to the bike trail off of Chapman. If you go right down to the bike trail, you'll see a large black fence mm -hmm. that is currently up right now. All of that property enclosed within the fencing is our future. Park. Okay, it's kind of shaped like a triangle. Right. Uh, it, uh, the, the fencing? No, the, the plot of land. Or is uh, it? Not I, so much a triangle, maybe more like a large rectangle. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, staff. Thank you, Ms. Bustamante. Uh, this meeting is now adjourned. The next regular meeting will be held on Tuesday, March 19th, 2024 at 530 p.m. Be well. Thank you. Can you just state the time of the adjournment for the record, please? Thank you. We are adjourned at... 752. Thank you. Thank you.